Hi everybody, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I want to remind you of some things and uh, maybe get you a little bit excited about prophecy and what's coming down the pike at us. Um, I want to go to, right away, uh, Matthew 24. Now, uh, I know that I've talked about this many times before, but there's a few things that have come to my understanding in the past few days that I want to share with you. Now, um, we don't have to read the whole thing. I just want to read some excerpts out of it. But it's to make a point. It says in verse 5, For many shall come in my name, this is Matthew 24, 5, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Can people be deceived by uh, preachers who say that Jesus is the Christ? Yes, yes indeed. So we need to be careful about this. And careful about our lives because they are important. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end isn't yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of sorrows. Well, if that's the beginning of sorrows, what's coming next? That's, that's terrible. Famines and pestilences and earthquakes. Well, I'm here to say that that's not the end of it. And the end is even better than we can imagine. And it's not that we're going to do it. It's that Jesus himself as King of kings and Lord of lords, coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory that will save us. He is coming to do just that. After all, he owns the planet. He owns everything on it. He owns everything in the universe. He's not going to let it go away. He's not going to let it fall into oblivion. All these things are but the beginning of sorrows, and then they shall deliver you up. Now, he's talking to the disciples. They were Jewish, most of them. But they were believers, excuse me, believers in him. And if not at that time, they ended up being believers most certainly. They all died for the faith except one, that was John. And even he was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos for his faith. Um, let's see. Then you shall, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You want to be hated of all nations for my name's sake, for Jesus' sake? That's what it takes to be a Christian. It's not going to be an easy ride all the time. 
But let me tell you, there's nothing, nothing that can equal serving God, being his servant, being his slave, if you will. If you detest that idea, think again, because there's no greater privilege than to serve in his army, so to speak. And then shall many be offended and stumble and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, you want to prosper? Not by doing that. Uh Uh-uh. The love of many shall wax cold. I'm going to read that again. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Well, that's understandable. It's just too much trouble, so they give it up. Well, don't give up. Hang in there. Hang in there. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. You want to be saved? Endure. Endure trouble and hardship and tribulation. And this gospel of the kingdom, that is, the coming rulership of Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords over all the earth, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Therefore, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place where it doesn't belong, then let them in Judea flee to the mountains and let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house and neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Whoa. And that's just what he says in verse 19. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter nor on the sec- excuse me, nor on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great trouble, tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be in the future. See Daniel 9, verse 26, 12, 1, Joel 2, 2, and Daniel 12, the whole chapter. And except those days should be shortened, there would no flesh be saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. I want to read you that in... uh, I believe it's in Mark. So, because this is different. Matthew, Mark, 13. Uh, Let's see. Verse 14 of Mark 13. But when you shall see, excuse me, see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing where it not ought to be. Let him that uh, reads understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. 
Let him that is um, on the housetop not go down to get anything out of the house, neither even enter therein to take anything out. In other words, run. Get out. Don't look back. Run. Let him which is in the field not turn back again to take anything or to take his garment. But woe be to them that are with child and give suck in those days. And pray that your flight be not in the winter, for in those days shall be affliction. Actually, the N is not even there in the original Greek. It should read, for those days shall be affliction. Whoa. Such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, and neither shall be in the future. Verse 20, And except that the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh shall be, shall be saved alive, but for the elect's sake, whom he has chosen, he has shortened the days. He's coming to save us too. And it'll be through or after or during the tribulation. It won't be before. And then, if any man shall say to you, Lo, there's Christ. Or, Lo, he's over there. Don't believe him. For false Christs and false prophets shall arise and show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take heed. Behold, I have foretold these things to you. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in the heavens shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And then he shall send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. And I want to stop right there and emphasize that point. The point being that there are many, many things which have to happen before we are gathered to him. And it's not going to be a pre-trib rapture, as is widely, ubiquitously known today and believed, and wishful thinking is all that is. It's wishful thinking. Yeah, we'd all like to be delivered from trouble and not have any trouble in our lives. And I'm one of those people, too. I don't like trouble. I don't like it. And um, I wish to avoid it. But it's inevitable. It's inevitable. And uh, we're not going to be delivered away from it every single time. We've got to learn through it. Jesus himself learned by suffering. You want to you don't believe that? You don't believe Jesus can learn? Well, there are people that do believe that Jesus cannot learn. He's omni, omniscient. 
omnipotent and omniscient. He knows everything already, so he's not going to be able to learn anything. Well, let's just flip over to Hebrews Hebrews 5. Uh, let's see, we're going to start in uh, verse 5. 5 5 Hebrews. That's easy to remember. Hebrews 5 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he it is that said to him, You are my son, that would be God said to um, Jesus, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he said also in another place, uh, another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, having been heard for his godly fear, it says in the margin, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. We learn by doing. We learn by going through troubles and trials. And that makes us better people. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say. And you can read the rest. Hebrews 5.5 5. It proves he can learn. He learned by obeying. Learned by suffering. And that's exactly what you and I are called to do too. Now, the other Gospels like John, do not have this prophetic section like Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Let's just go to Luke 21. We haven't been there yet. And see how Luke puts it. Luke was the doctor. He was probably a Greek, not Hebrew. Luke 21, and starting in verse um, 12. But before all these, and that's the, the great signs of earthquakes and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs, as it says in verse 11. But before all these, they shall lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues, or churches possibly, and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you, excuse me, turn to you for a testimony. Let's just stop right there for a second. Are you ready for that? Would you be able to go before presidents? and governors, and kings, rulers, 
and speak your piece about being a Christian and why you're a Christian? Are you ready for that? Am I? Well, it would be exciting, but we may as well get used to public speaking because we'll be doing some of that in our lifetimes. After all, we are God's witnesses, not Jehovah's Witnesses as, you know, a title, but we are witnesses of God. It shall turn to you for a testimony. That's what that's talking about in my view. And verse 14, this is chapter 21 of Luke. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate ahead of time what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. What? I'm going to read that one again. That's amazing. For I will, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Have you ever wanted to persuade somebody? I know I have, and I've been frustrated nearly every time. Well, not always. But that is the definition of persuasive power. When God gives you a mouth and wisdom, which are with all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist, that's persuasive power. That's what we ought to be praying for. Not protection from having to do it. No, but through it, we do create a witness for God, which is exactly what we need to be doing. But not only that, you shall be betrayed, verse 16, Luke 21, by both parents and brothers brothers and kinsfolk and friends and some of you they shall cause to be put to death and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but there shall not a hair of your head perish that is permanently and how do I know that because if we are put to death then obviously the hairs of our head would perish but not forever. There is a resurrection coming. And get this. Verse 19. In your patience possess you, or you shall win your lives. Wow. In your patience you shall win your lives. That's right. We have to be patient through the troubles. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed round about with armies, then you know that the des excuse me, that the desolation thereof is near. When you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, around about with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is near. That's what's going to happen to Jerusalem. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let them which are in the middle of it run. Depart out. 
Let them not uh, that are in the countries enter into it. Don't go to Israel and Judah in those days. You can go now while there's time. For these shall be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written in the prophets may be fulfilled. But woe to them that are with child and pregnant, in other words, to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, the Jews, in other words. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. They shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. Now, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are non-Jews. They're the ones that are antagonistic toward the Jews, haters of the Jews, persecutors, killers, murderers of the Jews. Well, who would that be? Well, Islam. All the Islamites, those are the Gentiles, and Jerusalem will be trodden down by them until the times of the Gentiles are full, fulfilled, done. Wow. You can also refer to Daniel 9.27, Daniel 12, verse 7, and Romans 11.25. And there shall be great signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Wow. The whole earth is going to shake. There's nowhere to run, let's face it. We can't just get in a spaceship and go to Mars or someplace. No, no, no. Men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, I'm just going to interject right here my uh, feelings about this. There's a lot of talk about preppers and getting ready for the when the blank hits the fan and all this kind of stuff and getting ready for all this coming down the pike at us and you know a lot of it has some merit but what they don't see is that when that happens they're going to set free the prisoners that are in prison rather than let them starve in anguish in there they will set them free they'll be on the streets and nobody's going to be going to work, including law enforcement. That's going to just fade away. And then it'll be chaos in the streets. And what's going to happen then? Well, these criminals are going to go raid all of the foods um, away from grocery stores. There won't be anything. They'll break the glass. They'll shoot the people that are trying to defend it. They'll grab what they can, load it up in their stolen pickup trucks, which they've got the armaments. They've already been there and done that. They've stolen the guns and ammunition. Now they're shooting people wherever they have to to get by. They grab the new cars and trucks. They load them up with the food. 
and carry them off to somebody's farm. And they've already been to the liquor store and the drug store, and they've got everything they need. They're higher than a kite and uh, on the drugs, let's say. And they go to somebody's farm in numbers. You know, they've got 50, 60 people in pickup trucks, and they all just find a farm and go kill the people that live there and start living on that farm with all their foodstuffs and everything else, living in a little commune full of criminals. And they even kill one another to get there. Last man standing and and all that. Oh boy, that's pretty scary. Even if you're far away from town, you're not safe because people like that are going to want to be in that place, not in town where they can have more trouble. No, it's easily easier to defend themselves on somebody's farm. So beware of that. But that's not all. That's not really all we have to worry about. The people that are regular people, normal people, not criminals, will turn into criminals. Every single house will be boarded up so that men cannot break in and hurt people that are inside or steal their food. Now, where do I find that in Scripture? It's in Isaiah. We've been reading in Matthew 24 a little bit in related scriptures. Well, this is Isaiah 24. Listen to what it says. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man may come in. And there is a crying because of the wine in the streets being gone and missing. Um, All joy is darkened and the mirth of the land is gone. In the city is left desolation, and the gate is smitten with destruction. That doesn't sound very pretty. That doesn't sound good. No, the wine mourns. Well, wine is representative of agriculture. It's it's representative of growing things. You know, I found some grapes yesterday in my yard. That's amazing to me. I didn't think they'd be there, but there were. So, yes, I am an advocate that we all ought to be growing everything we can think of to grow. One of the easiest and most pleasant things to grow is sweet potatoes. They grow like crazy. They spread like crazy. Wherever there's a leaf, there's a root, and that root will form sweet potatoes. You can have hundreds of them under the ground and not even know it. But you'd always have something to eat, and it doesn't even look like food. So you can grow it in your front yard, and nobody will know. It just looks like a a sweet, wonderful plant. even has purple bell flowers on it. So that's a little hint right there. But anyway, the earth, in verse 19, is utterly broken down, clean dissolved. Now that word dissolved doesn't mean it's going to be turned into molecules and just blown away like dirt or dust. The earth is moved exceedingly. 
And I wrote a reference here, Ezekiel 38.20. I'll just go there a second. Well, in 19, it says, um, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea, the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the field, and all creeping things that creep upon the earth, and all men that are upon the face of the earth, shall shake at my presence. Whoa. And the mountains shall be thrown down. The mountains? These huge, great, big, sticking-up rocks are going to be thrown down and turn into gravel? See Luke 3, verse 5 and 6. But uh, anyway, to keep going here, Every wall shall fall to the ground. Okay, now you're talking about my house here. Uh, my house has walls, and it's going to fall down and become a heap of rubble. Yep, afraid so. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, and uh, says the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and his um, and upon his bands and upon many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones with fire and brimstone. That's all pretty scary stuff. Thus will I magnify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord God. Wow. So let's go back to verse uh, 7 in chapter 38 of Ezekiel here. And it says, So be prepared. Prepare yourself, you and you, all your company that are assembled unto you, and you shall be a guard unto them. Wow. Wow. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening. There is a better day coming when Jesus comes for us and fixes it. Now, I'm not saying he's going to take us away to heaven, and he's certainly not coming before the rapture, I mean, before the tribulation. He's not going to rapture us away from our responsibilities. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and see the videos that are there and read my books and learn. Now, they're not perfect. I'm not perfect either. I'm trying to perfect them. So I do make changes from time to time in my books and uh, try to bring everything out a little more clearly. And I don't know everything, but I'm learning. And I want you to be in God's Word, the Holy Bible, and studying what it says. Because this truly is a living book. It is alive. And you can gain life by reading it and studying it. So that's what I urge everybody to do. On the website, itellwhy.com, there is not a single bit of advertising there. You can get my email address there, which is jesusiswhy at gmail.com. 
email me with your questions. If you think I've erred in saying these things, let me know. I would appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day. Keep looking up because better days are coming after the Great Tribulation. So hang in there and watch.